0: Hey everybody, welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a very special day. Come on, what we're day is we're back it? in studio. We're actually back in Come the on, studio. Everybody. Yay. That's right, oh we God. don't we're not in our Next bedroom. Time,
1: we're gonna bring in a better crew because that was the most lackluster like, yay, yeah. we're back in studio.
0: Well Thank I mean. You. We're not feeding our dogs treats to shut her up. We don't have our son <laughs> flushing the toilet in the background. This is great.
1: Yes. Okay. All That's right. it. All We're right. Here. So, All right. welcome to Foodie and the Beast. We're so excited to be back in studio. We want to give a special shout out to Andrew Mitchell, who is our producer. We could not have done the last. I think he us. just got a promotion. We could not have done the last 16 months without him. He helped put everything together so that we were able to put out an incredible show still every week and we're so excited to be back here today. A couple of things to check out if you go to the list com, you will find everything going on for Bastille Day and celebrations start during the weekend so Sunday which is today when the show is airing there's celebrations happening and then of course it goes all the way through Wednesday which is the actual La Fête Nationale so pay attention.
0: That was French.
1: Okay. Very impressive.
0: All right. So we got a great show. Of course, we're joined by the folks from Central Farm Market. Mitch Berliner is going to tell us all about all the fresh stuff that's out there. Georgia Dunn is the founder of British West Indies Trading Company. It's it's a family that's been in the ginger beer business since the 1550s. She doesn't look that old, but it's possible. (laughs) And she's got a new line uh, we're we're going to be hearing about. um, all of her her, her her cocktails and drinks and beers, but she's also got a new line of gluten-free um, plant-based beer, alcohol and beverages made with 100% fresh produce. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, who's that man? He's the man. He's Kyle Bailey, winner of the 2019 Ramy Chef of the Year. He's the, he's the man that made Salt Line famous down near Nat Stadium. He's co-owner of the hit, hip, gloriously delicious Dauphines in the Central Business Dis- District, and he's our buddy, 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 along with his wife, Tiff McIsaac, Washington's baker to the star. He's with us. He's going to give us a 411 on Dauphines, and he better have brought some food. Okay. I'm hungry. All right. Nature's Path Gardens for Good program recognizes the critical role of community gardens and their efforts that provide access to organic, fresh, and nutritious fruits and vegetables for folks, particularly folks living in the city. Um, uh, And they have a grants program that funds local gardens. Um, uh, We have Samantha Falk, who is the director of communications with Nature's Path with us, and one of the recipients of those grants, Dr. Trufina. Am I saying it right, Choti? Yeah. Dun, Excellent. dun, dun. Uh, who is uh, the president of the board of um, Afrothrive, one of the recipients. And another old friend of the show, restaurateur Hakan Ilhan, is with us. Uh, he's nuts. He said, damn the pandemic, full speed ahead. He opened another restaurant. Are you no, okay? opening Do
1: another restaurant. Do you need restaurant. a
0: psychiatrist? No. Like, a food no, psychiatrist? You totally wrong. It's he's called...
1: opening. It, opening. Well, he's
0: opening. It's
1: not open yet. Well,
0: he's doing... But the point okay. is, he has to have been working on it for the last year and a half. Uh-huh. You're a crazy man. Okay. And uh, it's called Il piatto and uh, along, it goes along with Brasserie, Brasserie Liberté, Ottoman uh, Taverna, and Al Dente, his other restaurants. Uh, he's in, along with his chef, Chris, I want to say this one right, Lanidrek, Lanidrek? Did I do it right, Chris? Yes, you
1: it right. Okay. All right. I love
0: you, Chris. Thanks. For... <laughs> Even if I'm wrong, thanks.
1: <laughs> All right, but first, so, that was to... the longest introduction. Oh,
0: it's fine. Ever. It's fine. I can do whatever I want. It's half my show. <laughs> All right, let's go to Mitch Berliner and talk about what's going on at the markets and gazpacho.
1: Hi, Mitch. Good morning.
0: Tell me about that. How
2: are you, kids? It's Hi. a glorious, glorious day. Today, you know, we
1: today. were at Central um, Farm Market. We went to Pike and Rose last, last Saturday. It was jam. And we got all the stuff that we needed to. I didn't do, um, I didn't do gazpacho, but I did a chilled tomato soup because we got massive, gorgeous tomatoes there. So um, I'm all with you for gazpacho. It's gazpacho season.
2: Yes, we've got all the makings of gazpacho. Mm-hmm. Hot days, a cold gazpacho. It's not complicated. Just Google it. Don't even just, just make your own up as you go. Well, put let me ask fruit. you, are
1: you a purist with gazpacho? Do you believe in bread in gazpacho? Or are you no. all veggies in gazpacho? No,
2: just veggies. And sometimes though, I like to put in some fruit. I put in peaches. Sometimes I put in watermelon, gives it a little bit of sweetness. Yeah, the watermelon is good. Yeah. Good so idea. So I like that. And I also will say, in honor of Bastille Day, uh-huh. um, Meat Crafters is now, um, along with their beautiful line of uh, charcuterie, are is making the best pate ever, and
1: we're making. I feel it like to- that's a Gauntlet Throne, Mitch, because um, Kyle Bailey came in with his own pate, and oh, okay. but he calls
0: it patty. <laughs> <laughs> well, this pate
1: is made. Mm-hmm. with um, Randall
2: Lineback beef. Oh, cool. Which is the only... Oh, yeah, that's hot
0: beef. Yep.
2: The oldest, oldest uh, breed in the United States. That's and Chapel true. Hill Farms mm-hmm. is um, keeping it alive. And they're right here in Sperryville, Virginia. We had those
0: guys on the show We've about a two years ago. we had them on the show. and, half,
2: and her dad, yeah, we had them on the show. They are they're amazing. fabulous. Mm-hmm. And all- we have partnership with them. They're keeping all their product at our place and we've come up with the pate recipe with them all right, right. Uh,
0: mitch i hate to do this to um, yeah. you we gotta roll okay. so make sure so everybody knows golly. where the markets are
2: all the ingredients for gazpacho and peaches nectarines apples you name it everything mm-hmm. at central farm markets we have three locations pike and rose which is every saturday on the parking lot of the rei uh parking lot mm-hmm. and then we have our Nova Market on the Church of the Holy Comforter on Sundays in Vienna mm-hmm. and we have our flagship market 16 years old Bethesda Downtown on the Elementary School All right. A parking lot of, of the Bethesda Elementary School. All right.
0: Mitch, there. Thank you. A, See it Thanks, is a Mitch. blast All right. So now let's drink. Yeah. So, and we can
1: we can do it again in studio georgia
0: dunn's here british west indies trading company this woman not only did this woman grow up in turks and caicos mm. which makes me jealous already but she actually went to school about five minutes away from where i went to college so we're like oh like my God. twin sons of and daughters of different nothing, mothers Nothing. so huh. <laughs> hi
1: georgia how are you good morning thank so. you so much for joining us so you have a family business that has really deep roots. Tell us a
3: little bit about it. So the family business actually was the salt business that mm-hmm. dates back centuries when salt was critical for food preservation purposes. So mm-hmm. for all the foodies um, that are listening in, this was shipped up and down the eastern seaboard, sold, sold to all the farmers that needed to salt all their meats prior to refrigeration. So a lot of salt came into Baltimore, a lot of salt came into Chesapeake Bay, sold mm-hmm. to families like Smithfield, Smithfield hams. And what is our family as a salt-producing and seafaring community doing for our alcohol at the end of the workday? This is solar evaporation of ocean water. Think Florida Cell. Mm -hmm. This is a hot climate, a hot industry, no shade, pre-fan, pre-air conditioning. Well, all of our families made alcoholic ginger beer. We never made it as a business. We just made it as a household staple. But
1: ginger beer is normally not alcoholic. Thank
3: you for asking that. Very good question to help clarify that what you're talking about is it's called prohibition beer. We okay. actually had 1,500 ginger beer brewers in the United States of America. Anything with the word beer after it, mm-hmm. birch beer, root beer, yeah. ginger beer, always fermented until 1919. Uh, the government walked into people's lives and said, this is now illegal. And what do you do to continue to make your um, your beverages so that you've got your land, your equipment all tied up in order to feed your family? Well, that's when they those brewers converted their uh, their brewing equipment to make a soft drink out of it. That's when it landed next to Coke's and Pepsi's in the grocery stores. Oh, fascinating! Pro- yeah, prohibition was lifted; mm-hmm. it never came back. So with my beverage, we continue to make our alcoholic ginger beer, and um, I'm here then to now put the beer back in the beverage, okay? And uh, and to make it authentically just the way we did back in the day, no artificial coloring, flavoring, preservatives. Well,
1: let's so let's just talk. I mean, we have like another minute with you. Mm-hmm. Just tell us. So ginger beer is mm-hmm. it just is it produced like beer so, but made out of ginger?
3: Excellent question. So in mm-hmm. the Caribbean, we cannot grow grain or hops, the basis of the beer that's here in the United States. Mm-hmm. So David is my malt-based brethren, as I call him. Um, this We're more actually Recently. like— Yes, we're, more like, <laughs> we're actually more like vintners in the Caribbean. We're okay. fermenting tropical produce— Um, And uh, that includes, in this case, lemons, limes, hard Caribbean spices, fresh ginger that is hand-prepped to replicate my family with a knife and cutting board, Mm. um, as well as cane sugar. All of that gets fermented. So think grapes getting put in stainless steel tanks after being crushed, adding yeast and fermenting it Mm -hmm. into alcohol, that's what's happening um, with my ginger beer. So think more like a spiced wine. And interestingly enough, customers share with me that it tastes like this mixed drink, like a Moscow mule in a bottle. And who knew the very thing that we've been enjoying for literally centuries ends up tasting like this modern so phenomenon? We're, we're going to come back to you yeah, periodically. We'll come back to you, but, but
0: I do want to tell everybody this is not a brand new world that George is in. She's, your your products are in every Harris Theater on the East Coast, right? Th- that's correct. Yeah. So, so,
1: It's really good. She's a okay. mogul. We'll be back with you in a little bit. But so now we're going to go on to good friend Kyle Bailey. He's been on the show a thousand times. Not a great um, friend,
0: but he's a good, he's a good he's friend.
1: He's a really good friend. Um, and uh, so. Kyle, when I, we were coming back in studio, I called Kyle, and I was like, you have to come on the show, because we're back in studio, and I want to celebrate, and I want you there with well, me. Plus,
0: you've got a new restaurant to talk about. Well, there's yeah, that, too. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. We, we're we're good. very, very happy to be back in studio. An awesome new restaurant. Well, can we do two minutes on your background? Like, are you from Mars? Or are you from the world? Where did you come from, and uh, how did you get from sure. there to here?
4: Yeah, um, Southeast Pennsylvania. Um, okay. Got a job as a dishwasher when I was 14, and mm-hmm. fell in love. Um, Washing dishes? I don't recall. He was just at our house. I didn't see you washing any dishes. I I actually wanted to apologize for making such a mess. So, uh, yeah, Boston Suds, uh, 14, and then um, went to Culinary Institute of America at 18. Moved to um, Miami and then to the Bahamas and New York. Bounced around a bit. Not, um, Not back to Southwest Pennsylvania? Southeast. So, oh, sorry. It's a big like, difference. No. Oh, I didn't. Oh, like, like, yeah, no, right. no, I did not. Uh, no, I really don't even visit anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, uh, then to New York, then to D.C. Um, uh, opened Birch and Barley in 2009 with my wife Tiff. Um, we went on to she opened Buttercream Bake Shop. Um, I went on to open Salt Line and Dauphines, Here we are. Well, Boom.
1: so let's talk about <laughs> but, so salt, but Salt Line. You know, <clears throat> seafood. Really seafood focused. Best hamburger. Right, it is, does it? But you know, it was New England in its concept. Yeah. Um, And then Dauphine's is a total change in presentation and everything. And it's even, don't take this the wrong way, but like it's really elevated. It's like, don't take that the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? Like Salt Line is fabulous, but it's right by the ballpark. It's, uh, the food is delicious, but there's great drinks. It's a bar, it's a hangout. Dauphine's is like, it's like old Washington. You know, yeah. as far yeah.
4: as the well, it's look like and old the Washington feel. On steroids. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. For wow. sure. So we were trying to go for, uh, you know, very 2020. I mean, when we were we were going to open it in 2019. Yeah, it used very to be, 2019. It used to be 2020, right? <laughs> yes. uh, was, uh, so a very updated take on on what that what that was and mm-hmm. and kind of a uh, breathing fresh life into this. And um,
1: can we talk about the concept, like uh, the kind of food, what you're serving, serving the, the chef, the whole right. thing?
4: Certainly. So. Um, it is uh, New Orleans cuisine, right? New Orleans inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we got our hands on an uh, amazing chef, Kristen Essig, from who actually worked in uh, New Orleans for twenty years. Right. Um, it is um, it's it's uh, again it's an elevated kind of a, kind of an updated, fresher, mm-hmm. lighter c- kind of take mm-hmm. on, on what that what that would be.
1: But is it because is it lighter because you're using Mid Atlantic products as opposed to classic uh, Louisiana products?
4: Uh, I think it's it's lighter uh, because of Chef Kristen Essig. It's okay. just she has the touch. It's it's really amazing. But we are really focusing on kind of bringing those flavors uh, from New Orleans with uh, Mid Atlantic products.
1: Okay, great. All right, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk about sort of how you work with another chef and how you're able to execute. Your vision and her talents together, because what she
0: means is, are you bossy or not?
1: <laughs> who's bossier? <laughs> this is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We're back in studio. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: We are back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Ra- two thousand nineteen Ramy Chef of the Year, Kyle Bailey, and we we're talking about how you work, how you how you help get your vision, you know, the vision produced as a reality in the kitchen at Dauphine's. Um, you know, we both married very bossy women. So I'm, it's hard for me to imagine you going in and being bossy because that would be a complete, you know, I just duck and cover <laughs> yes. and But uh, how do you get that done and work with her, you know, collegially? Sure.
4: So, um, and this is the, the, the best part of, uh, I, I can't believe that this is where my life ended up and where my career ended up. I was prepared to, you know, die behind a stove uh, <laughs> on my feet, you know. Um, but I got to this place where now I can uh you know, as a restaurateur, as an owner. Um and with the chef background, like heavy, heavy chef background, where I mean the, the hundred hour weeks and like that whole thing. So I uh but I kind of stepped out of that a little bit. Um ninety ninety-eight hour weeks. <laughs> that was close yeah. So uh but I so I get to work with these amazing chefs and I get to go out and you know, find these chefs and bring them in and say, Hey, what if you had a system behind you? What if you had backup? What if you had somebody looking out for you, man? And um and imagine what you could do if you didn't have to worry about all this other stuff and you could just focus on the food. Mm. Um, and it's been uh, such an amazing experience, both at the Salt Line and at Dauphine's.
1: Well, it is amazing that you're able, like, since we've known you for so long, watching that progression for you is really exciting. It's awesome. You know, just to see it. Um, let's talk about, because you have multiple programs at Dauphine's that I we have to mention. We have to talk about your charcuterie program quickly. We have to talk about your drink program and that bar that isn't open yet. Which is oh, no, so wait, fabulous. So <laughs> can we just talk because you have a partnership uh for the charcuterie the with cure, right?
4: Uh no, sorry. Cure uh, cure the cocktail. Cure, so bar cocktail bar, in sorry. New Orleans. Yeah. Um the charcuterie uh just kind of came from uh from years and years of doing it. Right. Um but you and- have that
1: massive fridge so,
4: yeah the display box that yeah was a big custom piece mm-hmm.
1: um
4: super super cool man
1: it's beautiful really cool and then what about the cocktail program so
4: the cocktail program is head out, uh is led by neil bodenheimer from mm-hmm. from cure in new orleans uh james beard award-winning co- best cocktail program in america thing man um he's been good friends with um uh with gavin coleman one of my business partners for a long time mm-hmm. um and i've been a big fan of cure every time i went to new orleans Definitely got to stop. Well, isn't there. the U American
0: Cocktail Museum in New Orleans too? Yeah, uh,
4: uh-huh. Tells the Cocktail every year. Hey, I right. knew so, something. And Neil is actually is heading pretty? that up. He's he's in charge of that now.
1: Is it back this year? Uh, I believe it is. Believe oh my is. god, I can't believe it.
0: All right, so we only have a couple of seconds. I just want—I to, mean—the physical setup at at um, Dauphine's, which is really not in you know fully engaged because you're still hiring people. But there are two unbelievable outside bars. There's an un, there's a great.
1: Fountain.
0: Well, forget the fountain. I mean, I there's, love a, the fountain. there's a patio. There are three levels of dining mm-hmm. at Dauphine's. It's what
1: pretty... are the numbers? How many inside? How many outside? Conceivably. Let me guess
4: 360 inside. Uh, no, not quite 360, but I mean, uh, once we activate the bars, it'll be a whole different experience. Yeah, yeah it'll be. A... So it's it's about 120. And we have, the, there's a breezeway and there's a, a patio that we can barely sit. And, um, a mezzanine with a private dining room and and the garden area with mm-hmm. the fountain that so I helped pretty. build. That was a really really different part. Yeah, I used to be a chef, but now I now, now you build fountains. Yeah, I we a use on one in our fountains. backyard. Hey,
1: what well, last thing before we wrap up with you? Um, there's going to be a salt line Boston. Yes. When's that happening?
4: That's looking like mid September.
1: Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And where is it?
4: That is. Um, uh, can't, oh, can't god, the I am just question. It's in, it's in, uh, Boston. It's in it's Boston, Boston. Boston. Arlington <laughs> we'll we'll somewhere. All right. Yeah.
1: Tell everybody where Dauphine's is.
4: Dauphine's is um fifteenth and M. Uh-huh. Um. Uh, it's right where the old Washington Post building. That's is. right. City. That's
1: right. All right, man. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, guys. Okay. All right, we're gonna go back to
3: our drink segment. What you got there, Georgia? Georgia, what are we pouring next? So my My Harriet's Islander Ginger Beer is um, a recipe based on culture and tradition that Uh dates back centuries. The hard lemonade came about because customers became Mm. aware that I make something that they call good-for-you beer. And they said, make something else. So this is a hard lemonade that, unlike much in the beer all, is very sweet. And some of the seltzers have a lot of artificial crazy aftertaste. This is just three ingredients. The whole lemon, a little bit of cane, ferment to 5% alcohol. Technically, four. The rest is water. This is really yummy. Clean, crisp, light, and no after crazy aftertaste. No, not at all. Beautiful. So, and then I'm going to also now um, share with you. It makes an awesome mixer. Um, because everything's better with bourbon, I make a whiskey sour with it. So I'm going sh- to, what's over ice then, um, the one without ice is the hard lemonade. Okay. As on its own, the one with ice then has the bourbon in it for a whiskey sour.
1: Excellent. All right, Georgia. Thank you so much. Well, All I right. won't be
3: driving after this. Okay. All right. So Hi, let's.
1: Hi, Trufina. We're going to be talking to you now. Are you
0: ready? All <laughs> right. Samantha, so
1: are you there? I'm going to
0: do it once more. Nature's path, gardens for good. It's yes. a program that not only recognizes the the critical import of community gardens, but funds and supports them uh, based on a grants program. Uh, and um, uh, Samantha Falk is with us. She's the director of communications for Nature's Path. And Dr. Trufina Chotti, who, when I get done with her, is going to explain how she gets everything done and hasn't fallen over from lack of strength. I know
1: her resume is really The resume long. is scary. I know. You scare me. Yes. You're too smart.
0: Smart women scare me.
1: Mm.
0: Actually, Not even smart women scare me. I'm just scared of women. You're just scared. Uh, So, Samantha, let's start with you. Explain the program and where the funding comes from and all of that stuff.
5: Yeah, so uh, Nature's Path um, started Gardens for Good in 2010. So that was our first year. We've been doing it for 11 years. And when it started, it was a bit smaller. We gave away three grants a year, to gardens um, in the U.S. and one in Canada. And then this year, of course, there was a pandemic. And so we decided to expand the program to try to help as many community gardens as we could. So we expanded it to 21 gardens for 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, Gardens in the States and also in Canada where we are based. And then we couldn't decide. We had so many applications and so many amazing stories. We actually ended up giving away 22. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you explain like
1: what the parameters are of a community garden and why Nature's Path decided to do all this?
5: Well, we are extremely passionate about organic food all of our products are always organic Mm -hmm. and we are really supportive of community gardens that uh, that farm organically Uh, there's a lot of places that don't have access to to healthy organic nutritious produce and we really want to support those And, and not only does it serve you know nutritionally in a community but it brings a community together it connects people um, around food. And, uh, and so we just are very passionate about
0: that. Samantha, what's the geography of the grants program? I mean, how far out do you go into Maryland or Virginia and obviously DC? Um, where, where, what's the reach?
5: All across North America. Yeah, oh, she really? said that in Canada. Yes, they're in we Canada. We had 350 applications. We had one did from I miss Hawaii. That? From you did. You weren't the, listening. Oh, I
0: was drinking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's
1: amazing. Right, it's a
5: workplace hazard. I and imagine. then once
1: your the grant is given, is there specifications on that grant of how it's used, what you would like to see from it? Like how 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 on it are you all with once the money is given?
5: Well, we, we keep in touch with the gardens. Um, mm-hmm. We really hope to see them thrive. Uh, we would love to see the fruits of their labors uh, during the application process, and it was, you know, a lengthy application. Uh, each garden had to say what they were going to be using the money for, so that mm-hmm. some of the criteria that we applied was, you know, was it inspirational, did it serve the community, and did they have an actual plan for the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, After Thrive is one of the examples that met all our criteria and more, like an incredible application. I'm in love with this garden. I, I'm really impressed with what Trafina and her team does. Uh, and I can hardly wait to see what you do. Well, okay, I think well, well, let's start that's with. That's a good segue. So, Trufina,
1: tell
6: us about Afra Thrive. Thank you. So, yes. Um, <clears throat> I can say, first, thank you for inviting me to the show. Of course. And thank you for sitting next to-, to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and for Nature's Bath for making us a winner for this year's grant. We mm-hmm. were really excited. Mm-hmm. Thrive is a nonprofit organization that is focused on building vibrant immigrant families. Mm -hmm. in the Washington, D.C. area, and we are focused on increasing access to culturally appropriate food. Okay. Uh, Because we realize there's gaps in the food systems. Mm
1: -hmm.
6: We we are a diverse country, but we're not diverse in terms of food systems. The kind of food that is available that different cultures that we find here can call, this is our food. Sure. And actually, Every Thrive exists to provide that gap that is there to increase the food. So and how, yeah, how yeah, what, do you
1: guys execute that? How, is, it, is it cooking classes, it, it's the gardening, is it bringing people in? Like, how, how are you making
6: that happen? It's the entire food system. Okay. So we use our gardening program to grow culturally appropriate foods. Like, and we focus. Such on as, on yeah, like for example. African indigenous vegetables. Okay. We have spider flower, mm-hmm. we have okra, mm-hmm. we have collard greens, we have nightshades. The, Kind a lot of, of people don't
0: vegetables. realize that that all came to us from Africa. Yes. Yeah.
6: Yes. Its origin is in Africa. I right. don't know what
0: spider. Spider what? Spider flowers. flowers. Yes. Sounds mm-hmm. scary.
6: Very indigenous. <laughs> but Very so.
1: Indigenous. But so, are you educating people who don't have access? Because one of the issues that we hear have heard a lot on the show over the last 13 years, mm-hmm. when it comes to bringing fresh produce to areas that don't have access mm-hmm. is that sometimes people, because they're working 18 jobs or whatever it is, they don't know how to cook or they don't know what to do with the collards. They don't know what to do with the okra. And okra's got a like a bad name to it, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. people don't cook it correctly or whatever. Mm-hmm. So is there, are you getting people to garden and then getting them to cook so that there's a natural progression? Yes,
6: mm-hmm. we're getting them to grow Mm-hmm. And then know how to cook, but then most of the people that we deal with already know how to. Okay, and we are transitioning into second generation of African immigrants mm. who grew up here, were born here, and don't know how to cook. Okay, and so those are the ones we are providing access to and saying this is how you cook collard greens, mm-hmm. this is how you cook okra, because uh, immigrants, you know, food is culture. Of course, It's very cultural. So most African immigrants still bring dry food from Africa mm-hmm. to come and consume. Mm-hmm. But during this pandemic, everything was cut off. Sure. And that's how we grew as After Thrive, to get more garden expanded so that we could provide more vegetables for mm.
0: people to eat. So is After Thrive, is it one gar- big garden plot or do you have... You know, like my, niece, your, my niece does, does urban gardens garden? for, for schools in, in cities. And, you know, they, they, they don't have enough room to grow everything. They want to grow for all the people they want to serve. So they have, you know, this network, an integrated network of of garden plots. Do you have just one big three-acre something, or do you – how does it work?
6: Actually, Thrive Garden started as a backyard garden. We started from our backyard. And then when we saw the gaps in the families that were struggling to get the food – we thought, how about we expand it out? We went to the Montgomery County has a uh, community right. garden. Yes, so the program, yeah. program is amazing. Their program is amazing. That's Josh, Um, Josh Karen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. go ahead. So mm-hmm. we, we started with that. And so we have several plots I see. and okay. we are assisting some families get plots. Out at
0: the Montgomery County facility? Yes. Oh, I see, okay.
6: Yes, so okay. they get that. And then now with the pandemic, now we have expanded. Wow. We have now an acre of land, Plaxberg, oh. oh. where on a farm or how a farm? A nice right. family just got us a farm, and so you can have our backyard. No, no, you, you have don't want, our, no, you we don't have want our backyard. Okay, hold on, Trufina, We're gonna
1: we have to take a quick break, but we're gonna come back and we'll talk about how you and Samantha all work together to execute all that you both are doing, because it's amazing. This is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We're back in studio. We'll be back in a sec.
0: All right, we are back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Samantha Falk of Nature's Path Gardens for Good and Dr. Trufina Chotti of Thrive Garden. Uh, they were one of the 22 winning gardens to receive a grant and and goodies and a commemorative plaque from <laughs> Nature's Path. But I, I just want to say very, very quickly... Uh, Dr. Choti has uh, a doctoral degree from Maryland in, what is this, Inter- international education policy. She's, she's an award-winning uh, presenter. She spe- You're fluent in English, Swahili, and is it Kisi? Is that how you pronounce yes. it? I mean, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a gardener, you're a reader, and you're an empowerment mentor. I could use some of that to help me in my, ma- in my marriage. How do you do all that and still find time for gardening?
6: Are you okay. superwoman? No, I love gardening. She loves it. It's my passion. It's my go-to therapy.
1: But you've taken your passion and are spreading yes. it yes. to other people because now you have all these farms. So one of the things I don't feel like we've really discussed is how you're bringing people to the farm. How are you making that happen? How Imm- how are you how you're doing the outreach? I yes. guess is my question.
6: Immigrant families are very interconnected. Mm-hmm. So they are on WhatsApp together. They are Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. So what we do is get the word out. Mm. Space is available. Come. Mm -hmm. And we know the families that are already struggling. Mm. So we sponsor them to get the plots. And then we say, this weekend, we are doing this. We are planting this. We are providing seeds. We are providing, you know, whether it's compost, and let's do it. Mm -hmm. So when the crops are ready or it's removing the weeds, we get help. It's it's a community-owned uh, program mm. because the people feel they're part of it. They are getting from it. And so we use these um, gardens as a connection point mm-hmm. because the immigrants feel like, okay, we can talk to each other. Other issues outside the food. Mm. So That's it right. is an attraction point for it. So it's, it's, it's busy, time, people coming to harvest and, and, and take the food.
1: Now, right. how do you and Samantha work together. How did you work with Nature's Path? Um, Like applying? I mean, I, you, I know you two have not met face to face. But Samantha, I mean, Trofina sounds like the incredible example of what you were trying to accomplish.
5: Oh, absolutely. And Trofina I hope to meet you in person one day <laughs> right. for Thrive. I, I Honestly, what you do is inspirational. Nature's Path, all we did was was award you a grant. You're the ones who are doing the really hard work in making those connections in the community and we're so honored and humbled honestly to be a very small part of what you do
1: so Thank samantha you. how can people find out more about the grant program with nature's path
5: you can head to our website naturespath.com. we have a whole section on gardens for good you can actually applications aren't open for 2022 yet but mm-hmm. we will be doing uh 22 gardens awarding 22 grants to gardens in 2022 i'm so excited for next year's program we're hoping to be bigger and better again. Um, but you can find out more uh, online at hsbath.com.
1: Excellent. And right. um, Trifina, tell everybody where we can find out more about your program and uh, how we can get
6: involved. Uh, go to Okay. and look more about the the work that we are doing. Mm-hmm. We have uh, planted the plots and we are harvesting at prex Cheney Gardening Program. That's where we are. And we have also with... Um, our path help, we put out a deer fence on our plot. So we have pumpkin leaves coming up, we have okra coming up, we have nightshades coming up. So come and and, and, and visit our website, visit us on on Facebook. We have a Facebook page and, and follow us.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for joining us today. Thank you. Um, this is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia, we're going to go back to you. We have a variety of glassware in front of us. Yep. I don't even know what's what anymore.
3: All right. So the third beverage is Harriet's Mango Mimosa. Okay. This is the same concept as the hard lemonade, the whole fruit. I'd like for you to try it rather than that one, the this one, one without the ice. That's okay. Right. So go you ahead. can see the bright color of all I'm that like, fresh mm-hmm. mango. You can see the viscosity. It
1: smells
3: Shrubs, like mango right? juice. You are you are drinking the whole mango, pulp and all. Mm. Just three ingredients. The whole mango, a little bit of cane, and I ferment to five percent alcohol. Wow. So that's just like biting into the whole fruit, pulp and all.
1: That's so and since it's fermented, it's good for you, right? There you it's are. It's like f- fermentation is really good for your belly. Mm. There
3: you are. Right? Absolutely. Like and all pro- that it's those... like
1: probiotics <laughs> in a drink.
3: That's right. Yeah, think kombucha, but just a little higher octane. <laughs> right. Exactly. So then the next one is, you know, all of my beverages make wonderful mixers. You don't need it. They all have alcohol. My family mm-hmm. drank heavily over the years, mm-hmm. all fermented. But this, in this case, I added some coconut rum to it. Tropical paradise.
1: Oh, my God, that's delicious.
3: Thank and I that.
1: always think I don't like coconut rum until I drink coconut rum. And then I'm like, oh, actually, I think I like it. She never met a rum she didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to come back to you at the end. Thank you so much, Georgia. Okay. Yeah. When
0: we get back to you, though, I want to talk about what it's like to be a woman-owned company in the middle of all these boys. You know, yeah, that'll be interesting. A good, that's a good point. But Feist, oh. another old friend of the show, an old friend of ours, who has shown up with more facial hair than he had before the, uh, the uh, pandemic, uh, and he is he is uh, he, he's he just can't. You Can don't you sleep either. Can you just introduce him? I know we already did. Uh, Hakan Ilhan is the is the current owner of Brasserie Liberté in Georgetown, Ottoman Taverna in Mount Vernon Triangle, and Aldente near American University. But because pandemics are so boring, you know, <laughs> all you can sit around and, and, and like look online at mask styles and buy new masks. He decided to get another restaurant concept up and running. It's called Il Piatto. And, uh, well, he's can a, we
1: back up before, but we, like?
0: But wait, I just you're wanna, just I,
1: passing stuff. Like, can we start back up a little bit? I'm not. So the pandemic anything. happened. Yes. You had all these properties. Right. What did you do?
7: Well, I, I think the first thing was a big punch in the stomach. Yeah, it was a couple. Know, no, how do we? Because um, Liberty had almost just opened. I yeah, think. it mm-hmm. was like two months old. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, uh, and we have all these employees that are working for us. Obviously, huge mm. responsibility on that front. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, but, you know, you just sit down and digest and see what the next move is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, what we did, you know, we went to our landlords, Um, uh, we kind of uh, deferred certain rents Mm -hmm. and um, we opened up as soon as we could in June when, you know, everybody, you know, could open up. Mm But you and, uh, also
1: got really creative. Like, I know at uh, Liberté, yeah. you did, like, to-go kits, like, yes. mimosa kits. Like, you guys, I, I mean, there were lots of people who thought outside the box, but you guys certainly did as well. Yeah, as you ways. put your thoughts
0: into a box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh... And you that. just stop talking. No, it was a to-go box. It was a to-go box with cocktails, right? Yes. 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 So, stop. Just because you're not that clever. Don't be <laughs> jealous. <Yeah. laughs>
1: Go ahead. Okay, so yes, go
7: and, ahead. And um, yes, we, we had to really adapt. And, you know, I mean, certain locations we never closed. Uh, to-go, uh, we really uh, uh, kind of uh, paid a lot of emphasis on to-go uh, business as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and, you know, our customers did show a lot of um, love to us in terms of supporting the businesses, you know, ordering online, uh, things like that. And, um, you know, we, we managed it. And I think, you know— um, We survived it. It was uh, really a challenge, but I think we managed with the changes that we made to our business operations. And that that also taught us a lot in terms of what the next future is for uh, restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that's how uh, Il Piatto was born. I think, you know, what... Um, uh, well,
1: because El Piatto is in the former... Mirabel uh, location. Mirabelle, and that was really fine, fine dining. Yes. yes. Gorgeous space. I mean, chef, did you inherit a gorgeous space or yes. what?
8: Yes, it's a piece of art, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the ceiling speaks for itself, um, the car molding, the design, the, the attention to detail from the chairs to the curtain and the wall, the gold, the marble, the bronze. Uh, it's an outstanding design, and... Uh, Kudos well, to the designer.
0: Chef Chris, how did you guys find each other? Were you already in the organization or? No, a mutual friend, actually. And
7: uh, one of our managers uh, worked with Chris in a previous uh, um, a project that, you know, he was working at. And um, we were looking for a solid Italian chef. Mm-hmm. And um, we met and, you know, he did a tasting for us. Uh, he's very talented. Obviously, he'll be to the, our restaurant when we, when we open it up. But... Um, presentation and the quality of food. Uh, I guess classic Italian in today's presentation and today's- uh, I'll be
0: there, baby.
1: But was it more, were you looking to do more trattoria, um, Osteria? Like what, what kind of Italian were you looking to execute I think, before you hooked up with Chef?
7: I think what we really learned with the pandemic, I think certain things are really changed, you know, for many years to come. Mm-hmm. in terms of uh, how people are going to be dining. I think comfort food is really something that's going to be sticking around for longer. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, fine dining is going to have its place, obviously, but I think it's going to be much more limited. And, uh, uh, and uh, the location that we are, I think, you know, with the plaza being next to us, um, is going to attract a lot more uh, tourists. And That's wa- a
1: very good point. And yes. Mirabelle would not have been accessible. No, it was not. Those, right. Exactly. That, you're yeah. 100% right.
7: And uh, so, you know, we wanted a concept that is people, uh, you know, are, you know, vast majority of people are familiar with that they can relate to. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be featuring a lot of the classic Italians. And then, uh, um, you know... Uh,
1: so, chef let's talk about what classic Italian means to you what are we making fresh pasta are we doing is there a certain is there a certain style are you, are you
0: making your own mozzarella you, right yeah. are you
1: regionally based when it comes to your Italian food or do you like to go all over
8: um, first we gotta kind of digest in a in a sense classic mm-hmm. um, when it, now we kind of forget a little bit when everybody goes especially with the new millennium the food network all that stuff mm-hmm. we kind of Get, confused, get lost in a in a understanding of concept or stuff. When it, she is talking about classic Italian, we're talking about the roots. Uh, we wanna make sure that when you step to our door that you'll be able to travel to each part of Italian mm-hmm. culture. So the flavour should take you to Tuscan, Sicilia. Rome. We're palm, going to Sardinia. We're, 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 so we're that's kind of.
0: We're doing our anniversary in Sardinia in a couple hey of weeks. Yeah. So oh, wow. so Can you that's the. That's, that's, <laughs> got any sardines? <laughs> there
8: you go. So that's the kind of uh, focus. Um, um, so we want to make sure we embody the culture of Italian to each plate that we present out. Mm-hmm. Um, so will I
0: be able to get a bistecca fiorentina, which is uh, something specific to, to that region? Or like with Tuscany, what are the sort of the. The, the, the entrees or the sides or whatever
8: they uh, t- we Tuscan, t- 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 for, for we're in the summer one now so we're gonna focus on tomato for us to uh, okay express okay Tuscany yeah. So uh, uh, rustic tomato we have uh, a bunch of tomato dishes we have the soup and the main soup is a soup, uh, tomato. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna be using a lot of herbs. We're gonna represent Fakasha in Tuscany like in different form Fakasha will be our bread service table. so there's many a way that we're gonna express ourselves in this menu. Mm-hmm. and uh, with the uh, ability to represent true ingredient with taste mm-hmm. without compromising in presentation or cost in your pocket.
1: Excellent, okay, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about more of the things that are on the menu. And uh, Hakan, I think you touched on some things about the changes in the restaurant industry moving forward and I uh, we have some time, so I wanna go over that too. Sure. This is David and Nikki Nellis. We are going to Sardinia, but not anytime soon. We'll be <laughs> back in a minute.
0: All right, we're back on Fooding the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and we're talking about Il Piatto, Hakan Ilhan's new Italian restaurant down near Black Lives Matter Plaza, correct? Yes. Right on the corner. Chef Chris is here. Chef, we did not get a chance yet to go into your, but look how handsome he is. I know. But you, you've been working hard because you've got a brace on your left wrist, so I wouldn't work for this guy. I mean, he's it's probably night and day. But um, give us a little about your background and where, you know, where. Your culinary. This, this is an all journey. Italian. Undertaking. So, where did you pick up your 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 props there?
8: Um, so, I'm a third generation chef in my family. Mm-hmm. So, actually, when we for a chef, I'm the only uh, the second. When we talk about cooks, I'm the tall. <laughs> uh, my great great father uh, was a cook uh, in university. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was a two star Michelin chef in France Ooh. and uh, and a farmer. And then I took from him. So, started from an uh, African background. Then uh, from Congo, then uh, you drive all the way to the French classic culture and uh, Mago gastronomy. Then uh, from there, I wanted to spread my wing a little more. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to to not be just uh, satisfied as a French classic cuisine or African background cuisine flavor, but I wanted to be more. So. The first thing came for me was to stage in Monaco because uh, we used to travel all the way to Italy, traveling from uh, mm. Monte Carlo to go to Italy, grab balsamic and uh, cheese and terrible. stuff. This sounds absolutely uh, <laughs> terrible. This <laughs> sounds so. How you have suffered? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I had to stage and uh, to to like my grandfather always said, to be great you need to work, learn on the great people. So mm-hmm. Monte Carlo has one of the best classic and modern French-Italian fusion restaurant in the world. Mm. So it. Uh, to mention, but so I staged there uh, in four different restaurants that I learned more different classic stuff. I developed a passion for Italian cuisine, classic and modern and more elevated. Uh, I work on the Michelin star restaurant from my grandfather to Yamcha, who was uh, run by a very uh, modern Italian young lady that found her way with mixing Italian cuisine, uh korean japanese cuisine and french in one place wow. and uh okay. give her the stuff so um that's kind of where my background came and i came here i work uh, i opened many restaurants i cook for president obama in north carolina at print work bistro mm-hmm. um, i found myself at Le Chanois, then we opened a in h street and um, then i was the executive chef for uh, colony south hotel in clinton i opened uh, the hotel with uh, Merlin live uh, I end up so in you've Ab- been
1: around. I end hey, up in a been.
8: Napoli Yacht Club, and uh, I've been there as the um, elevator and uh, multi uh, diverse chef and for a couple years. And then this time I wanted to come back in the D.C. scene. Well, now you found a home. Um, found a home in the uh, hands of Hakan, and uh, opening my new baby, El Piatto, and I can't That's wait great. to open the door for What the is everybody. the exact opening date,
1: you there think? Is a- you How think? long have you been doing you this? There is no exact. What do you know? What's your date? target date? What's <laughs> in your a tar- restaurant world, would
0: you, would you stop <clears throat> speaking for our guests, please? I, I Sir. Think we
7: we, we we are shooting for uh, middle of August. Okay. Awesome. And then uh, and I think that's going to give us a time for offices to go back in September and mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, fix the kinks that we may have, and uh, uh, ho- hopefully we will be full blown by uh, September October. I think the offices are going to be back in there, you know, uh, people will be back in the office by 80%. Not to mention,
1: I think tourists are really starting to come back. I mean, you can sort of see it when you go down there. And that's a very, uh, you know, down on the mall or just downtown. Like, tourists are definitely coming back. Um,
0: I want to do a personal plug. August 31st is my birthday. We'll do my birthday dinner there, I think that sounds like a (laughs) birthday date
4: to (laughs) me. Um, (laughs) uh,
1: So let me ask, um, Haikan for you, now that we're where we are with the pandemic tourists are hopefully coming Mm -hmm. back people are moving back downtown how does you know how does that change what you're doing as a restaurateur like to me one of the things i see right now and i'm hoping for a major change like there's no place for lunch in the city Mm -hmm. i think there's 12 restaurants right now open for lunch i think prostitute is one of them Um, but you know it's there's like there have been changes because the business i mean obviously staffing is an issue and uh, and other things, but so what's next? How do you how do you overcome some of these things?
7: I think you know uh, downtown has uh, is uh, bigger challenges than any other part of town, and mm-hmm. I think uh, once the offices are back, we are going to see a recovery moving forward. Uh, I think by next year, January February, I'm assuming that you know things would be about. 80 to 90 percent in downtown DC. Convention centers are a big you know, element to it, huge, mm-hmm. and uh, tourism is a big element to it. But you know, uh, I think uh, the government uh, uh, employees will be back in uh, in also government. That's a big deal, You know, sure. I mean, big deal for downtown DC. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, we are very hopeful. I think you know, DC this is the capital of the world, and it will always come back, and then uh, in a very strong fashion, but with some changes. I think. Spending a lot of money in restaurants are not going to be as fashionable no matter how much money one has. I think people appreciate more comfort food and, you know, appreciate life more, Mm. celebrate life more and be more friendlier to colleagues and neighbors. And, you know, I think this thing
0: has changed us all. We're going to be a kinder gentle. I mean, last time we were on the air, Trump was still in the White House. Now he gone. (laughs) and and father joe is in the white house okay all right this is that is a different show uh, that's my show chef
1: one last thing for you before we move on uh just uh quickly if we can order one dish when we come in what would you say you have to try tiramisu tiramisu all right you have me i love tiramisu i cannot um,
8: wait i also have a, a new street that in that location, we're going to be also inf- uh, introducing brunch on the weekend. Saturday, oh, really? fabulous. Yeah. Oh. Yay. So, and brunch we have more diversity. And all right. Now, the real question is, brunch, will we so. be able to order an Italian? Uh, yes, yeah. right. it's going to be all, all Italian. The first Italian brunch in the
0: city. Ma bene, mangiamo bene. Si. <laughs> <laughs> <Hello>. Okay. <laughs> all
1: right, just tell everybody, please, where Il Piatto is. The address. Is, uh,
0: Il Piatto
7: is 900 uh, uh 16th Street, right on the corner of uh, 16th Street and I Street next to Black Lives Matter
0: Corner. What a a location. All
1: right, Georgia, come back up to the mic. Thank you, guys. Georgia. So, Georgia, David said something really interesting, which I rarely say. Um, But uh, you are in a really interesting business, Uh, it's very male dominated. Uh, was your family cool with you taking it over? Were they like, No, 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 this is for
3: Well, I'm in the I'm the first in my family to to actually make alcohol commercially. We okay. just we yeah, just no, we just were, we just consumed it. They we
0: There we, pre- were rum runners. Right. Like, well, we, we, like the Kennedys we, before we were, we were in the food and
3: beverage world and that we produced salt for centuries right. and then this was a household staple, but we never made it commercially. And so when I went down this path to share community and our mm-hmm. way of life, um, mm-hmm. I became more of a social anthropologist than a brewer. Okay. So then the brewing industry came to me. When I'm hand prepping fresh produce to replicate exactly what we were drinking back in the day, then I found that there was not, you know, there was there was a need for that, right? And right. so that's how I got in this business and how I started going down this journey.
1: Well, cuz what I think is so interesting is the what's in the product. That it's so that it's just three ingredients, mm-hmm. that there's no preservatives, that it's just the fermenting. Keeps it so well, and it's the it's so intact, you know, the mm-hmm. flavor, the smell, everything. Um, it's really incredible. So, let's just go over quickly how many products do you have?
3: I have three okay, ha- Harriet's Islander ginger beer, mm-hmm. Harriet's hard lemonade, and Harriet's mango mimosa.
1: Okay, and the Islander ginger beer is alcohol.
3: It right? has alcohol. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because,
1: I mean, that's such a—
3: Ab- dif- Absolutely. There's a lot of category confusion, as they say, mm-hmm. and that is because of prohibition in our country. Sure. Now in the Caribbean, we never suffered from prohibition. I've got a hard question for you. All okay. right. Who's
0: Harriet? It's
3: a great question. The first of the Harriets, 13 generations ago, is actually the first brewer on record on this side of the Atlantic. He was self-taught in the Algonquin language mm-hmm. when he was communicating with them, recording their way of life, that his writings are now in the Smithsonian Museum here in wow. Washington, D.C. They gave him some of his their corn, the Algonquin gave him their corn, and with that he brewed it and made the first beer on record also then a lot of food and beverage history out of that 1585 voyage as an explorer they made the uh, first mojitos on that voyage first Mm -hmm. gingerbread men we use christmas cookies today and that's when we started making alcoholic ginger beer as a household staple what a great way to wrap it up
1: excellent well we want to thank you so much tell everybody where they can find you online
3: yes um Harriet'sLegacy.com mm-hmm. Harriet's is spelled I think the Hotel Marriott right. two R's two T's Harriet's Legacy.com. it's available in the beer aisle in the cold shelf at every Harris Theater in the Southeast wow. excellent
1: thank okay. you so much and we want to thank you for joining us for our first show in studio since Yay. the pandemic uh, began and we're so excited to be back um, and I just want to remind everybody everything you heard today is available on the list Are areyouwanted.com on the online e-zine that talks about everything going on in the D.C. metro area and beyond at this point, because there's still a lot of virtual events happening that you can participate in. Of course, you want to follow me at NYCCI, N-E-L-L-I-S, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all the delicious things happening. Clearly, you want to say something? Say it. No, I
0: was just, this was a lot of fun to be in studio to celebrate today. We all did the show completely naked, and it was A blast.
1: Yes, Andy too. And uh, again, a lot of thanks to Andy Mitchell, our producer, who we could not do this show without. So, with that, please be careful out there. If you have not been vaccinated, I don't know what you're waiting for. Just do it. And please have a delicious week.
0: Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar